0: Welcome to Feed the Sheep Podcast. This is your host, Ross Steele. As I always say, God is good all the time, and all the time, the devil is stupid. Here, I like to talk about things culture doesn't want to talk about. I talk about things to advance the gospel, to build the kingdom, and bless the world. Let's get right to it. All right, back at it again with another session from Revision 2022 We have Jeremy Clark that's going to be bringing the word for this session. And fun fact, Jeremy and Lauren are actually old, um, old, they, they went to the same old friends, same friends, still new friends or current friends, but they, they actually grew up in the same youth group, which when I booked them for revision 2022, I had no idea. I didn't find out till after it was really awesome how the Lord moves, but, uh, before we get to it, as always, let's pray. Father God, come before you right now. I pray that every heart be touched by this message, by, be touched by this word, um, what it means for horizontal and, and vertical direction of our lives, Lord. May we, may we be in vertical uh, communi- communion with you, Lord. I pray that your will be done amongst all this, that you continue to use um, Use these speakers, use these messages, Lord, to touch the hearts of those uh, who are listening. And may they be shared with those that, whoever it is that's put on these hearts of these listeners right now, that they may share it in this moment. And after this message, Lord, or even in the middle of it, share it with somebody that comes onto their heart, Lord. That is not a coincidence. That is of divine origin as the Spirit moves in them. It's in your name that I pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, y'all. Let's sit down, buckle up. Take some notes. Whatever you want to do for session four of Revision Twenty Twenty Two with Jeremy Clark.
1: Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I. Um, I just think it's super fascinating that we can all go different, separate ways, and then randomly get scheduled to speak at a conference with someone who I was uh, in high school with at the same time and in the same youth group. Just a uh, small world. It seems the older I get, uh, small coincidences like that just kind of keep uh, keep showing up. So, uh, My name is Jeremy and I work as a full-time executive pastor at a church in Bloomington. Go Hoosiers. Uh, and my wife and I met there many years ago. I was a worship leader and uh, she was attending the church and I saw her and I said I have to find a way to go meet that girl. And uh, gentlemen, let me just give you a really good way to not try a first conversation with someone. Uh, she was wearing uh, a cast because she had uh, broken her hand at a young life camp, and my first line when I walked up to her was, "Hey, cool cast, how'd you how'd you break your hand in an arm wrestling competition?" And she goes, "No." <laughs> right. You guys have a great day. All right. Well. So, anyways, listen, I put a ring on it, and she said yes. So the Lord can still do anything through your stupidity uh, if He wants to. So. Uh, just a little bit about me. We're going to get into some of stuff, but I just want you to know a little bit about me. Um, they said, give me, give me your bio, and I was like, all of these other speakers have like professional photos, and they're like, have these bios, where like, this is my passion for the Lord. And I'm like, I like Comic-Con stuff, and... <laughs> Um, I go to Marvel Cinematic Movies opening night at midnight because that's what we love to do Um, and I really love woodworking and playing guitar and golf and volleyball and football and pretty much I'm just all over the map and I've lived my whole life like that and then uh, like a year and a half ago I got diagnosed with ADHD and I was like it all makes sense. This is all 100% makes sense my entire life. Uh, School would have been a lot easier had I known I had ADHD but that's what we're here. to hear any more about that. So, um, July 15th, 2016, in my opinion, serves as a marker and a placeholder in television history that we can never go back from. On that day, on this little uh, streaming platform you probably heard of it called Netflix, there was a television show that was released, and the world was introduced to a group of kids that were looking for a friend and discovered a little girl that was kind of in an upside down world. Stranger Things on July 15, 2016 hit Netflix and the world never was the same because it's the most watched television show in the history of Netflix. And people, I think, really figured out what binge-watching this thing was because a few years later there's this small first-time thing called a pandemic that we all experienced and it got binge-watched at an insane rate to where it was really a common language that you could talk with anybody about because so many people had watched it. In fact, let's find out. How many of you have seen at least one season of Stranger Things? Raise your hand. Perfect. That means look at the people who didn't raise their hand, it's your obligation to make sure that they have, they have heard the good news of Eleven and Stranger Things. Yes, yeah, So millions of people over time, literally millions of people were introduced to Dustin and to Mike and to Will and to this, uh, this little girl named Eleven. But that wasn't the only thing that happened with the release of Stranger Things. Although we got to meet several characters and getting to know them and all their little intricacies and their quirks, something else happened that I think is really, really significant. And I can't help but with this clicker, just to feel like I'm doing a TED Talk a little bit, you know, like this little number right here. So if I do that, it's not on purpose. I just always wanted to do a TED Talk and I'm just kind of living out my dreams right now. So <laughs> some of you are like, he does have ADHD. It's very obvious. We got introduced to the characters, but something even more significant was introduced to lots of people. And life has never been the same, I think, for a lot of people because of this. And we're gonna spend just a few minutes talking about this, but Stranger Things, the show, the concept from every season has introduced a lot of people to this, that there are two worlds existing at the same time, the seen and the unseen world. In the the show Stranger Things, we have what's called the upside down, this parallel reality and and place that things can exist that is a direct mirror of the physical, excuse me, the physical world that everyone is living in. And what happens in the unseen world can influence and affect the things that are happening in the seen world. And millions of people watched it and were open to and now have a full understanding of this concept that two worlds, although different, can coincide and happen at the same time. And here's the thing, if you followed Jesus for a while or if you've been in the church, it kind of feels like maybe they stole our thunder a little bit because for a very, very, very long time in the Christian faith, we have operated with this understanding and knowledge for a really long time. Ephesians chapter 6 in verses 10 and 12, and this is just one of them. you probably read this or at Vacation Bible School had to make fake armor because of this passage. But it says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Side note, it says be strong in His power and might not in yours, so the pressure's off of you. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Right here, Ephesians chapter 6. The things we wrestle with and struggle with are not the things we see in front of us. There is a whole nother set of things that we never get to see That's our fight is with that. And here's the thing, as we're talking about revision and, and looking at and seeing things differently, well, this, in my opinion, is definitely something I think we need to at least relook at often. That we need a revision of how we see things, especially in this context and, and with, with these things. Because this is an incredibly important dynamic for anyone that desires to see their world, their life, and their faith with clarity. Now here's, let me just put all my cards on the table here. All of you know what it's like to go through a situation with zero clarity. I mean, that's just, if we had all of you stand up and say, Here, let me tell my story, all of you would have some moment in your life where you're like, I was flying blind, no clarity. I was just trying to make one decision that I thought wasn't going to screw the whole thing up, let alone a bunch of other decisions. Now, here's where this gets sticky, though, because most of us go through the things in our life, but what we go through really has more to do with the unseen things than the things that we do see. What we go through in life has more to do with the unseen than it does the seen. And here's where it gets a little sticky. Here's where it gets a little sticky. By default, we as human beings are programmed to only factor in the things that we can see. It gets a little complicated. Because there are things that are being seen all the time that we're only factoring those because they are right here. And most of the time they are very loud and they demand our attention. But the struggle is not with those things. It's with things that we can't see. In the unseen things that we have to navigate. So if you will, allow me for just a few minutes to kind of, uh, to give us some, some verbiage and some words to use to describe and hopefully help you navigate and figure things out. How many of you in here are between the ages of 20 and 25? Raise your hand. How many of you are 25 to 30? Raise your hand. How many of you are with me in the Senior Saints and 31 and older? Raise your hand. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Welcome. We'll all have our prune juice and geritol later on uh, for lunch, so that's fine. Here's the honest truth. I think it's most helpful for us to be able to have an understanding and some type of wording that we can use to be able to describe situations. Because most of the time in situations when we're struggling to figure things out, this thing up here stops working when it gets overloaded and we don't have anything to be able to get handles on a situation what's happening. So so allow me to just give some things that we're going to talk about. First one is this. When I say the word horizontal, I'm, I'm describing and I'm saying what we see and experience in front of us daily. The things that influence, that cause us to react emotionally, that cause us to be slowed down up here mentally, some of the things that just slow us in our tracks, in here in our heart. But I'm also talking about the things that are good things as well. The things that get us up in the morning besides coffee. And the things that inspire us and want us to go and do good things that we love to do. That's all horizontal. Something we can see, we can experience, we can recognize, we can know. It's horizontal. And it's a a world of horizontal that we occupy and live in most of the time. But the vertical world that we live in. Well it's the spiritual perspective that comes from our faith, it's what comes from us knowing God's Word, and it's also really consisting of the nature and the character of who God is. So we have this horizontal world that we can all see, but there's also this vertical world that exists between us and God and our relationship with Him his nature, his character, who he is, who we've experienced him to be. As as Lauren talked about, who we've seen him be in the past is indicative of who he's going to be in the future. And it allows us to have this vertical world that we can see things through. Now Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 3 really nails this down. And I just want you to see this, this. This isn't me coming up with something. This is present in scripture all throughout. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. How do you have faith in something that you hope for? How do you have confidence in something that's not there? And faith is also the assurance about what we don't see. What we don't see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What is seen is not made out of what was visible. There's a little bit of friction in reading that. Logically up here, there's a little bit of tension in that how can, you, how can something be made out of something that wasn't, wasn't seen? These two worlds, the horizontal world, the things that we see, and the vertical world, the things that we can't see, bump into each other every single day of our lives, it's just a matter of whether or not we recognize it. Almost every morning I, I'll get up and I'll go to a coffee shop for a couple of hours to get what I would say the, the important work of the day done, that I have to get done, that I can't do, have any distractions when, because it has to get done. Most of the time that sermon writing or event planning or something just needs my focus. And to do that, I typically go to a coffee shop, I'll, I'll get a latte and something to eat, and then I'll find a corner of the coffee shop and I'll just do my work. And uh, the other day I was in there and, um, I was just just going about my normal business routine, and, and a girl, two girls, uh, looked like college-age girls, sat down next to me. And I'm a creep, and I uh, eavesdrop on conversations in public, and also judge people, watch people um, as they're, you know, out and about doing their day. <laughs> you all too, huh? Okay, good, good. Listen, game, respect, game. If you do it to me, I'll do it to you, and that's fine. We'll all just be on the same page. That's fine. And as I'm eavesdropping, she's, she's talking about something that I'm like, if oh man, if someone would just be in her life to tell her this. And God's like, hey, you're sitting right next to her. I'm like, oh, I am. And It's not some big Sermon on the Mount thing that people are going to write down and have a revelation about and they're going to write books about, but it's something... Where my horizontal world and her horizontal world had some vertical alignment. And God put them in that spot just for a few moments. It's it's when you're at work or when you're at school and you're interacting with people and you're going about your day consumed with the horizontal. And God's like, just take your eyes and look vertical for a second because I'm doing stuff. It's when you're, the holidays come around and you get to go to a family get to get to go to a family get together during the holiday time, and you know there's going to be that one super super awesome family member, and then there's the several not so super awesome family members you're going have to have conversations with. Right? There are horizontal and vertical things happening in that when you're driving in your car, just absolutely slaying a Lecrae song or a KB song that you've been working on for a year, and you finally got the lyrics to, and you're just nailing it. And someone cuts you off in traffic and you're like, mother, father, and you know, you're like honking the horn. Adam's like, there's horizontal and vertical things happening right there. They bump into each other all the time. And growth and a deeper relationship with Jesus and a faith that becomes our own requires us to stop seeing here and here and to start recognizing here in the vertical. And that's a problem because it's a challenge. And if you're anything like me, I really love me. And for me to start seeing this way, me has to go get in the back of the car, has to take a back seat because Jesus should be the one that my eyes are on and in front of and focused on. Your life and how your faith grows is too important to be unaware of the reality of these two worlds together. Now listen, when you go to a conference, you'll, you'll hear a pastor or, or the speaker on stage will, will throw out these like words that seem like they're just, man, I just feel really good, but they seem like they're cliche. I've worked in youth ministry for the past 16 years, both junior high and high school students. All of you, if you were in high school and went to a youth group, Potentially, I would have been your youth pastor because I'm freaking old and you're not. And so I would have been in that spot to be able to talk to you. It is not lip service when I tell you your life and your faith is too important to you and the kingdom of God and to all the people that are around you that need hope that Christ has to offer. It's too important for you to not be aware of the horizontal and vertical life that exists in the worlds that collide together. When I was 18 years old, I baptized my mom. It's a pretty cool feeling to be able to get to do that. Because even as an 18 year old, God had purpose for me even at that age. And I know sometimes you'll, I don't have this figured out, I don't have this figured out, I don't have this figured out. You don't have to. God, what do I do? I see this. What are you doing? I see this. What are you doing that I need to see? Uh, A few years ago, there was this really awesome uh, game that came out uh, that people were just losing their minds over. And you just see random people with their phone out in a field. You're like... (laughs) Is that person running from something? What is going on? They're literally running through that. What is going on? And they're running with their phones like this because they had an app called Pokemon Go. You know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. Did you play this game? Come on. Do you all the out there that were geocaching. You, I know you were out there playing this game too, right? And people would just be like, out in our church parking lot, and we're like, why do they have their phones out in our church parking lot? Like, oh, there's a Pokemon out there. <laughs> Oh, they're on drugs. Cool. Okay. Uh, We need to call the police then, right? No. Pokemon Go, if you didn't, I mean, if you weren't a part of this weird, awesome thing, you would go and try and you got to catch them all, right? So you would have your phone and you would run and it would be in this corner, I can't believe I'm reliving this in a a sermon somewhere, but you would just be like a blank wall, but with your phone open, that was called augmented reality, and so your camera would activate and there would be a Pokemon just hanging out right there in the corner and you touch the screen and it throws a Pokeball and you catch it and you capture it and then you go somewhere else in your city and, and you go and find it. But it wasn't there. But it was, right? Because what seemed like was seen or unseen, there was a little bit of a line because of augmented reality because the two worlds were bumping together. Pokemon Go did something that was crazy cool. It allowed two worlds to exist at the same time in our own hands. And And looking for what God is doing in the middle of the horizontal world is literally like our Jesus version of Pokemon Go. I hope that's the quote that makes the Instagram account, (laughs) by the way. But anyway, I'm just like, I'm never going to that conference ever. That's so weird that that's the quote uh, that he made. Horizontal through the vertical. Here's the world, but I'm laying something over the top of it to see how it actually is. So if you'll allow me. I just, I have a couple things that I'd like to talk to you about that I think are super important for where you're at in your life, because I've done life with people who are your age, and fortunately I made it past that point somehow, praise Jesus, I made it past that point, and I would just like to offer you just for what it's worth, just a few pieces of advice that maybe can be helpful for you to figure out this horizontal and vertical world together. And you take them for what you want, but if you want to take a nap, maybe now's a good time to do that because there's no more Pokemon jokes coming. But here are some of these these areas that I feel like, if we're talking about revision and reseeing things and looking at horizontal and vertical worlds, I just wanna offer these few pieces of advice. One of the areas that you absolutely have to pay attention But the horizontal and vertical world are your relationships, both friendly and romantic. Now, this is not the spiel portion where the guy who used to be a youth pastor tells you to not date anybody or tells you to take a purity vow. None of that. We're not here for any of that. What I'm talking about is in the friendships that you have, in the acquaintances that you have, in the romantic relationships that you have. There's never a time where we're just looking at the horizontal, but we also overlay the vertical at the same time. Here's what it looks like. Who does God have you around right now, and who does God have around you at the same time? Who are you going out of your way to be around and having conversations with, and who by accident or what looks like appearance has somehow made it into your life that you're around as well. Because if we're just looking horizontally, some of these things look coincidental. But if we're looking at them vertically, it might not be a coincidence at all the people that are around you right now. Because my next question is, what does God want you to give to a relationship? And what does God want for you to receive from a relationship? Because healthy relationships have both, giving and receiving in advice, and in encouragement, and in love, and in respect, and in service. What, what do the relationships look like here, and what do they look like here? Because relationships are, at the end of the day, the most significant things we get to have as human beings. Spoiler, God designed us that way. And that's why God is even more amazing, because He knew that, He said, fine, let's have a relationship together. So what do those relationships look like? Secondly, your career should always be looked at for the horizontal and vertical worlds. You're going to do something to make money for the rest of your life. Unless somehow you have billionaire or millionaire parents, or you went viral on a social media and now people are just throwing beauty products at you to promote on your social media platforms. You're going to have to do something for the rest of your life to make money. <clears throat> and here's the horizontal trap. Your identity in Christ has nothing to do with what you do to make a paycheck. I agree, Jeremy. Two days after getting fired from a church, after giving 72 hours a week for almost three years because it was falling apart, I sat in the basement of my house in a pandemic and realized I had no idea who I was because all of my identity was in being a pastor. And it is super humbling to sit there and go, I've done all of this wrong. And it's such an easy trap because success is what we've been taught by default with the world in front of us. That's where we get our identity from is what we're successful in. Oh, he's an athlete successful? That's his identity. You're a businessman who's successful? Nope, that's your identity. You're an influencer? that's your identity. No, child of the one true God is our identity, nothing else. This is brutal brutal trap to be caught in and I'm hoping and praying for each one of you as you navigate the next steps of your life You will never allow your identity to come from anyone or anything other than Jesus Because there's a lot of frustration that comes from building your life any other way And now and I'm gonna step on some toes in this next one Because I've had to do this a little bit for myself. We need to check horizontally and vertically our own faith in God. What? Yeah. Because here's what I've found out over the past 10 years. Most of the stuff that the average Christian is believing and living out in their faith has nothing to do with following Jesus or from scripture. You got to figure it out. I'm going to go here for a second. It's not my notes but I've got a little bit of time, so I'm gonna go for it, right? Most people don't know that abortion was not a conservative or a Christian topic until the late 80s, when politicians got together with pastors and said, we need the conservative vote. So you and your podiums need to start talking about how if you wanna be a good Christian, you'll vote for us. And that's how we get into office. Now, I'm not here to make a stance on that, but what I'm here to say is most people don't know that. And there's a level of ownership you need to have horizontally and vertically to everything that you believe and everything that you stand for and will die on a hill for better come from a spot of authentically following Jesus, digging in and building on His Word and your conviction from the Holy Spirit, not your senior pastors, not your college ministers, not your parents, not anyone but on Jesus and the Word. Because the people that don't believe see right through it and aren't interested at all in what you have to say. I would tell high school kids all the time, know why you believe what you believe. And if your answer is because someone told me, it's not the right answer. You don't know why you believe what you believe. There's an ownership of your faith that you have to have, or by the time you get to 30 years old, someone's going to have thrown a hand grenade into your faith and it's going to blow up. There's this crazy thing with people that are my age and a little bit older. There's this, this buzzword in Christian faith right now that's uh, the, the younger generations are deconstructing the faith. They're tearing apart all the things that are sacred and holy. When I put together a woodworking project, deconstruction is necessary when I've built it wrong, when I've built it poorly, or when I've used the wrong material to build it. I have to take it apart and I have to make it the right way. So if you have to deconstruct the faith that your parents taught you to figure out what you believe and make ownership of it, get the power tools out, kids, and start taking stuff apart. Because you will never look back because the level of following Jesus and the joy and the conviction you get to live your life with is unmatched when you own your faith. And you see the world, the spiritual world this way, influenced only by this world and not by this world. And here's, here's why all this matters. In ways we can never comprehend and we rarely ever get to see... God is always at work. I'm living proof standing on the stage. I, I grew up in a single parent home, four kids. I could look out my window and watch crack deals being done off of the porch. Because three drug dealers lived next to us. I was in the poorest part of my town growing up in southern Indiana. I grew up without a father. Like statistically speaking, I should not be speaking at a young adult conference. I should be in jail or dead, divorced, something crazy. And it's by the grace of God working in ways I had no freaking idea about that got me here to this day. Because in ways that we can't comprehend and most of the ways we will never see, God is always at work in your life. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha is huddled up with this person with armies looming down on them, getting ready to snatch them up. And Elisha says this, and Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he can see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked out and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. It's my hope and my prayer that as you figure out what revision looks like for your life, every morning before your feet hit the floor, whether it's sleeping on a futon or just a mattress or maybe just a box spring or whatever it is you're sleeping on, before your feet hit the floor, you would go, today, God, will you open my eyes so that I can see what you're doing because I know you're doing something. I don't have enough money to pay back my student loans. I barely have enough money to, to have a meal, let alone to go out to eat with friends or to feel like I can have some sense of security. God, let me see vertically because all I'm seeing is horizontally. Open my eyes to see. My world is falling apart. The person that I plan on spending the rest of my life with just left me. I am broken. God, will you show me what you're doing? Because all I can see is this, but I know because of who you are that you're doing something this way. The horizontal world we live in collides with and is overlaid on top of with the vertical world and your relationship with Jesus and your faith that you own and you grow with on a daily basis just takes a few minutes every day I want to see both. I want to see both, the horizontal and the vertical, so that I can revise and have a revision of what it means to live my life to follow Jesus. Let me pray. God, we're just so thankful that you are a God who is always at work even when we can't see it. You're a God who has chosen time and time again to never leave your people alone, and we are So humbled and blown away, I'm often reminded of the scripture says, who am I that you would be mindful of me? But we know that you are, that you're mindful of each one of us. And So I'm praying for each one of these, each one of these people here that are attending and the people who are going to be hearing this, uh, it's my prayer that they would be able to every day go, I can see what's going on in front of me, but God, will you help me to see what you're doing? That I would be focused not only on the horizontal, but also the vertical. That the seen world would not overpower my faith and belief in the unseen world. Jesus, we love you. We're thankful for the cross, the ultimate act of horizontal and vertical worlds coming together literally in the shape of a cross. And the power and the strength and the might that we get to walk in because of your sacrifice for us, the life that we get to have because you laid down yours. It's our desire to honor you, that your name would be the only name that's in lights for all to see. We, we pray in the strong and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to Feed the Sheep this week. May the spirit be within you, may it be upon you to embolden you in your faith, to go out, and advance the gospel to build the kingdom and bless the world.